I guess you went today with her. You yeah. went, you went there before. Yeah, this is my second time going to that. Oh, this is your second time. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That place I go there probably I would say about a, once every month or two. Yeah. And they have like they have this thing that's crazy. It's like this scallion pancake, and they wrap it around this like cold beef thing. It's uh-huh. almost like um like a roast beef, but like a Chinese roast beef. So that but the roast beef is like seasoned. So it has like star anise and um, like Chinese parsley, which is cilantro. Mm-hmm. And then they put hoisin sauce on it. And then they roll it up in a sky. Oh, my gosh. That, thing that sounds good. So good. Everything I've had there is it's so amazing, the right? Pork, the pork bun. We had the pork soup. Like, yeah. Oh, and with the like udon noodles. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, man. Yeah, that place is good. Shanghai Dumpling House in Edison. I know they have another place called Shanghai Noodle House. I don't. It's also... On in Edison, it's like off of Rouen or something. I don't know if they're connected. Maybe they are, but um, I looked at their menu. It's kind of similar, uh-huh. but the noodle house had more things, and then the the dumpling house was very focused on the dumplings, like their specialty. So, yeah, yeah I love that place. That's like my oh, I love. And then they had the bubble tea and everything. Yeah, yeah, it's good. But um, so let me. I have to sync the mics. Okay. So I'm gonna clap really loud. <laughs> All right, uh, we are f- on episode seven, I think. <laughs> uh, it's been quite an interesting journey doing this um, and talking to every one of you guys at the gym. I think this specific episode, um, for me, means a lot. Uh, I mean, I don't know you know, how you feel about it, some, but um, I know like you've spent some time with me outside of the gym, and um, that one time we had... I think it was like dinner. It was like a early dinner or something. But you shed a lot of uh, insight to me that really changed my life, you know. And and like I I really was looking forward to doing this with you because what you said to me I feel like could help so many other people, especially guys out there that are struggling with their confidence. Because that was my number one killer. Was like uh, I thought I was just a loser, you know. Like, okay, I'm pretty good at jiu-jitsu, I'm pretty good at this, but when it boils down to it, like, I'm not really doing anything, you know? But you you kept, like, peeling the layers away f- for me and then just helping me to see, you know, um, the, the real stuff, you know? And uh, what really matters in life, you know? And, and you really helped me out. So I am really looking forward to doing this episode today. Um, I think there, you know, there, you know, everybody I've done so far, they're guys that I really respect and look up to. Um, there's only been a couple that I was like, oh man, this is going to be something special to me, you know? Um, so this is definitely one of those episodes. So today I have Sung Kim, um, who's a radiation oncology, uh, MD, right? From Robert Wood Johnson. Yeah. Right? I work for Rutgers, the cancer institute. Oh, okay. Jersey. Rutgers, and then um, that's where I went to college. I have my diploma up there. <laughs> uh, you were also a Navy veteran, mm-hmm. right? Um, you received your BJJ Purple Belt. Uh, how recently ago? This was... Oh, I don't know. I want to say like, I don't know, maybe four months ago, something mm. something like that. Congratulations yeah. on that. Um, Sung is one of the toughest guys I know. Um, even and your stand-up too is, is very good. Like you're just a tough guy. <laughs> uh, oh, how old are you? How old are you? I keep forgetting. So I I just turned fifty. Yeah, which is crazy because like yeah. you don't look fifty. <laughs> you don't. 
fight like you're 50. <laughs> you know, you you got like that fire still. You know, you still go after people's heads. You know, so <laughs> you know my um, age, Simon. You know, the biggest thing is I'm just I'm just honestly I'm just glad to be out there with everybody. Mm -hmm. Like that's like that's like the big thing for me. Every day I, I go out to the gym and I'm, I'm like training with guys like you yeah, and like yeah. in your 30s and then guys guys in their 20s and. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just I'm just happy I'm just happy to be out there to be yeah. perfectly honest you know so it's uh, but it's you're nice. still hanging that's the crazy thing is you, <laughs> hang, you can hang with us you I know try. which is crazy but um and then lastly one thing that I've uh, look up to you in a, in a big light is uh, your your husband and your father of two very incredible girls like I can't wait to get into that whole uh, discussion. Uh, I just think you're such a good dad. <laughs> like, like I don't know too many um, fathers that you know spend time with their children, and, and and even you know your relationship with Ella. Like, you guys train together. Mm -hmm. I can tell she respects you so much. You know, she, even though she might not act like it, <laughs> like she might talk a lot of crap, but deep down, when it comes to it, you know, your daughter she looks up to you um, with high regard. So. Um, before we get into everything, uh, I kind of wanted to start with your military background. Um, I never really, you never really got a chance to explain to me fully. I just, I know you were on a submarine. I know you were in the Navy, yeah. uh, but we never really dove deep into that. I, and I'd really like to learn about that. Yeah. So first question is what made you join? And, um, tell me about your experiences in the Navy in general, uh, the submarine that you're on, how long, you know, um, yeah. What you guys did to entertain yourselves, you know, all, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I, I joined the Navy uh, through the, the Naval Academy. So mm -hmm. I went to high school, believe it or not, in a little town in Kansas called Pittsburgh, Kansas. I did not know that. Yeah. A tiny little town. My dad taught at Pittsburgh State University. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when it came time to college, you know, it was like my dad, you know, we never had a lot of money. So basically... Basically, I could have gotten a free ride to Pittsburgh State University. Wow. So my dad goes, you can either go to Pittsburgh State University or you can go to a military academy. And so I started looking at my options. I wrote some letters and, you know, I was fortunate enough to get nomination to the Naval Academy. Uh, and I got one to West Point, too. And, wow. uh, and I, I was fortunate enough to get in. And, uh, and I, I, I honestly, I think that was probably the biggest break of my life. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Just to be able to to kind of go from from that little town to go to the Naval Academy. And so I went there for four years. I majored in physics. And then afterwards, uh, I, you know, you got kind of got to choose your your uh, service branch, right? And so I went to submarines. So hmm. so basically when you do that, you you go, you have to train, right? So you have to go to like a nuclear power school. You have to work on, wow. you have to go to a, work on a reactor plant. I went to Saratoga for a few months. You have to go to submarine school. And so you do that for like a year and a half. And then afterwards, I went to a submarine. I went to a, the USS Asheville, which is a fast attack submarine. It oh, my was, gosh. It was built in Norfolk, and then we stayed there for, like, a while, and then we moved out to San Diego. And uh, so, yeah, and I, I never deployed. Basically, it was a new construction, so we did a lot of, like, you know, testing and things like that and engineering. And, mm -hmm. you know, and like, like, what do you do on a submarine? So, <laughs> um, you know... It, it's it's surprising. You would think in peacetime there's not that much, but actually when you go out to sea and on a fast attack, you're out to sea kind of like half the time and half mm -hmm. the time you're in port. But you, you're always busy and like what do you do? You know, there's always two officers on watch at one time. One's in charge of the engineering and reactor plant. That's the engineering officer watch, and then the other guy is kind of driving the ship as officer of the deck. And so you're you're a lot of times you're on watch. 
or you have your own division and you have your own equipment and men that you're you know you're kind of in charge of and and a lot of times what we do is we drill a lot you know like hmm. we drill emergencies like if there's a fire what oh, do you wow. do everybody puts on their gas mask and like goes <laughs> to their station or if what if a reactor coolant pump fails what are you going to do to keep the reactor pump oh, from melting gosh. down and so a lot of times we, we we spend drilling on like the worst situations so that's kind of what we did uh, out at sea. <laughs> so it was it was pretty busy actually when you're out at sea. You're wow. always doing some kind of exercise or something like that. How deep are you? Well, I, you can't really. I can't really talk about that. Oh, but okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So you're so you're deep down in the ocean. Uh, yeah. You can't really communicate with the outside world. Mm -mm. Um, I mean, it, it can't be busy. I mean, yeah, I understand it's busy, very busy, but there's obviously got to be some downtime, right? What did you guys do for fun? Like, how do you entertain yourselves in a little time? I mean, well, was it even tiny? Like in the movies, they just show it's it's always like this, like you're almost claustrophobic. It's it's pretty tight. I mean, it's not like the that's not like Das Boat, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. Not yeah, like yeah, him, yeah. you know? But it's it's tight. Like there there are three of us junior officers who lived in a little wardroom, which was like smaller than this this little oh my office. Gosh. And like our beds were like fold out and mm -hmm. stuff. And but what do you do when you have time? Like there's not that much to do. I mean, actually the food is decent. You know, really usually you... for like like when you first get there, it depends on the cook, right? Okay. But if you have a decent cook, the food's pretty decent until the fresh food runs out and then it's mm. all fried. But you know what, what we used to always do is like, if you have uh, a lot of people, we'd watch movies. And oh, the, got the, you, the got funny you. thing is like, you know, we'd, everybody would want to watch these like, like <laughs> these martial arts movies. So I, I've literally, I've seen like <laughs> Lionheart like five times. Like Van Damme is really yeah. big on this stuff. <laughs> so I've seen a lot of Van Damme movies and... You know, you read Blood a little sports, bit. Blood sports, the reason why I started martial arts. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's not a lot of room and there's not, it's hard to exercise. Mm -hmm. There's not, there's not a lot of room. Like there, there's a different type of submarine, which is like a ballistic missile submarine. Mm -hmm. uh, they call it boomer. And those are bigger, right? Those are the ones where they, they carry these, these missiles and they just go and sit there. And supposedly they're a lot bigger. They That's have like a lot the Marriott. more room. <laughs> we don't, we don't have a lot of, we don't have a lot of room. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you guys are like at a Holiday Inn. And then those guys got like a Marriott. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> okay. Um, so how long would you be out for? Um, would would yeah. you be out? Yeah. So like I said, I, I haven't gone on a real deployment. Um, but the longest I was out there for was a month. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, that's a very long time. Yeah, it's it's long enough for yeah. me. Yeah. yeah. And then once you hit port, I guess, how many places have you gone in the world then? I haven't gone to that many places. Like I said, it was a new construction, so a lot of stuff is like testing to mm. make sure it's seaworthy, things like that. Mm. But, you know, we went to like Hawaii one time, uh, went on to the Bahamas and things like that. And we eventually got to go to San Diego and that okay. was our, our home port. Was it like a celebration when you landed? You're like, finally, I can get on land or... <laughs> oh, it's, it's yeah, after you've been out at sea for a while, I mean, it's it, it's amazing to be on you know, Finally. On land. Yeah. And like you realize you realize that you just take like the basic things you take for granted, you know, like like sunlight. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like sunlight, wow. like being able to move around, having women around. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot <laughs> of things and the, and the fresh air, you know? Mm -hmm. Like just being able to poke your head out and see, you know, it's, Wow. Yeah. I, there, there's a lot of things we take for granted that mm -hmm. uh you just can't experience if you're not under the Unless water. you're you're deprived of that. Yeah. You know? 
Um, are there any guys that would wish to go back to sea as quick as possible? Like they hated being on land? Are yeah, they... there there are people. It's really funny, you know. Like once once we would get on land, I'd be so happy to be going out and like <laughs> being able to go exercise and meet people or whatever. And but there there are people who love going out to sea, you know. <laughs> And it's just been their life, and like a lot of sometimes the, the kind of the older like enlisted guys, especially, like they love being out at sea. They just yeah. they love the whole routine of it, and uh, you know, and their, their family just gets used to it. Their wife probably just gets used oh, to that okay. kind of rhythm. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, they're guys who just they come in and they can't wait to go out. Wow. Yeah. So I guess what would you it's for the future people that are interested in going into this field? Um, I think you're, is your daughter interested in joining the military? She was yeah, talking about so it. So th that's really a surprise lately because I, I never push my daughter to go in the military ever, yeah. mm -hmm. ever. Um, and, uh, but it's interesting lately she's been talking about going, joining the air force and it's yeah. just, it's just like out of the blue. You <laughs> Does know? that sad on you? You're like, why not the Navy or? No, no, I, I, I don't think that at all. Okay. I think, I think she ought to go, you know, wherever, wherever she, she, you know, she thinks it'll, it'll be best for her. Yeah. That's um, amazing. So what advice would you have for somebody interested in going down that path? Um, in terms of military, you, I mean, you've had, you know, all the regular basic training, just like any other person enlisted. Yeah. Um, and you've, you know, then pursued a specific path, right? Um, I guess for people that are thinking about it, what are some tips or advice that you would give to them that are interested in, you know, pursuing something um, in that realm? You know, I, I honestly think the joining the military is a really great thing uh, for really anybody. Um, and I, I think it would help so many people. Um, I mean, any specific tips? I, I, I don't know. But, but what, I, what I would tell people is that a lot of the things that you think you're going to get out of it, may, I mean, the things that you'll get out of it are maybe things that you don't really know about yet. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. I mean, to be honest, Simon, when I when I went and thought about going to the military, I thought I was going to come out like this, like super soldier and like be able to like <laughs> do incredible things and like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, 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 you yeah. know, I was just like a high school kid when I joined, but, uh, but it was, you know, it's totally not like that. You know what? It, it's, and it's the opposite. Like my, my experience was, <clears throat> I don't know if you know much about the military academies, but the first year of a military academy is essentially hazing, right? Oh, that's you're, interesting. You have a plebe year where you're kind of treated as, as like a subhuman. Wow. Right? So, <laughs> like, you're not allowed to talk to people. Like, this is good they, advice they, they, to give. They abuse you. And, like, so, I mean, it's not... It, I mean, it's not like that for for everybody. I yeah. mean, this is this is for a military academy, and this is kind of what I went through. And I think it's a little gentler these days, but but um, <laughs> softer uh, generation. No. <laughs> but it's but it's it's just different, you know. Um, yeah. And and so the th the things that I learned from my military experience were not how to like shoot people or like do all <laughs> these amazing things. Is is really I I think I learned a lot about myself. I, I um, yeah. I became very humble. Because they they force it on you like like that plebe year, they literally take away every single thing that you think makes you you. And <laughs> and I'll say when I went to the to the academy when I was a high schooler, like what I thought was me was like I thought I was like a really smart kid who was really good at sports. And then when I went there. All of a sudden, I'm nothing. I'm getting C's, and I'm not even good to make the varsity tennis team. 
And wow. I'm like, what? Like, it, like everything that I thought I was, like, it was just gone. Yeah. You're in a matter it. of weeks. Yeah. Right? Wow. And my sh- my head is shaved. I don't even have my own <laughs> underwear. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, every little thing. Wow, so, that's crazy. So, like, like, really what I learned out of all that, the real thing is that just, just humility, you know? Yeah. And, um, wow. And, uh, and, and, but, you know, when all that stuff is gone... You know, there is something left and there's a resilience. And so that that's what I got out of that. Like, no matter, you could take anything away from me, but I'll be all right. I'll be resilient and I'll keep going and I'll keep fighting. And after that year, which was really, that was really, it's hard for everybody. But, you know, I came back and I did better. And, and, and uh, but, but I'll tell you that, that first year was, rough, was a, a really challenging experience. It was like, it was like, the biggest ego crusher that you can mm-hmm. even imagine and uh but but if you can come back you know i think you learn a lot about yourself and i, I would suspect that that kind of stuff is is what a lot of people learn from the from the military yeah you know? that sounds very similar to like when you first start jujitsu and you're just getting oh, yeah. tapped by everybody yeah. and it's like what is going on and your ego is just diminishing until you push through and you make it to the next year right and then it's like well i got i'm either blue belt now or i got a couple stripes on my belt you know right. so that's true and I, I think that's that's a that's a big thing that's, i think that's one of the the great things about jujitsu is, is it really teaches you that in a, in a very concrete way no mm-hmm. matter what your title you know whatever it is there's some there's some blue belt out there who can that, tap you yes. three times yep. and Tear it's very off. humbling. Yeah, yeah. Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> when he was a blue, yeah when he was a blue belt. Yep. Um. So you got from well actually I, now that I'm thinking about the Naval Academy. Um, did you do? I I know that the like boxing there's kind of big did you get into boxing at all over there or any type of combat sport so they they taught they back when i was there now i graduated a while ago i graduated 89 okay okay uh so they they used to teach uh some boxing you had to take like a, i forget like a year of boxing mm-hmm. just kind of basic and you know that was fun and um uh, and i think what else we did a little bit of wrestling too we did okay. but he wasn't he wasn't like you know he you wasn't never competed real hardcore or, no did you guys do like smokers they did they had oh, smokers did. and and they were really good smokers yeah man. and um did you do any i didn't i didn't do it personally because oh. i you know thing i can't that's one thing i regret is i wished i joined like because the, the they, bo- they have a yeah. boxing club but I always wanted to be a varsity athlete, so I, I knew I couldn't make ten, the tennis team. Okay. The writing was also I played squash, and I, I made I have no I, idea. Oh wait, that's the um, the it, game where you hit. Throw. It's sort of like racquetball with yeah, like a yeah, ball okay, and okay, that's squash. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it, it was cool. I made the varsity team eventually, but I always kind of thought maybe I might have enjoyed you know boxing more. I, I really I really liked it. Yeah. And uh, oh yeah, yeah. But, I mean, you're pretty, your hands are pretty good. Um, considering what you're, you know, what you're capable of at the gym. <laughs> so, yeah, that's interesting. Um, so you went from Naval Academy and then from there you went into medicine. How, and I mean, you know, you would think nuclear reactor, working on submarine. What did you actually do on the submarine? Were you a nuclear reactor? Is that Well, every, everybody, every officer on a, on a submarine is trained to, to, do to, every... to run the reactor. To, oh, okay. To kind of supervise that. Yeah. yeah. What was your, did you have a specific role? 
Yeah, I mean, you're a division officer, so I had, in, when I was on the ship, I had a few divisions. I started with electrical division, and then eventually I went to like sonar and fire control and communicator. Okay, so you come from a background where it probably would have been more of a fit to be an engineer, um, yeah. but you went into medicine. How yeah. did, okay, so how did you even get into medicine? What What was the driving factor that said, hey, I should become a doctor, uh, even though I have all this training and this understanding of electronics and nuclear reactors. Yeah, so after I got to my ship, after a while, I, I realized that that it wasn't quite for me. Like, I didn't want to make it my whole career, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, I, and, I, and don't get me wrong, I, I appreciate everything that the Navy has done for me, and I... And uh, I think it was a very worthwhile experience, but I, I didn't. I just didn't want to do it forever. Yeah. And so I realized that I was going to get out, and I got out at five years. And so when I had like a year and a half or so to go, I, I started thinking I, I, about what I was going to do. And uh, and really, like I decided to do it when I was still on, on the submarine. And um, and what what I what I wanted to do, I just wanted something where I could kind of see the the result of my mm. the fruit of my labor every day and uh something that was worthwhile and help people you know and uh really that that those were kind of the premises you know and i thought about and thought about it and eventually i just somewhere you know while i was on the sub i decided that's what i want to do i want to be a doctor oh, wow and you know a lot of people a lot, lot of like asian kids are like groomed to be doctors <laughs> and, and and my dad never really wanted that. that you know it's kind uh -huh. of funny my dad huh. that's really weird I, I might be the only asian guy who disappointed <laughs> his father by becoming a doctor you know <laughs> wait what did your dad want because my dad my dad I, he he you know he was a, a, a grew up in the in the time of the korean war okay and so like guys who grew up at that time basically the u.s military saved korea you know mm -hmm. and so he loved the military, and so his his ambition for me, honestly, would be have been to a high rank, wow. to be a high ranking officer. I mean, he would have, he wanted me to be an admiral or something. Oh and, my goodness! And I realized after a while that that just wasn't it was was going to happen. Yeah. And so, wow. Um, Do you have a you have any brothers or sisters or anything? I have I have one younger brother. Oh, did he go down that path to no. your father? <laughs> so my my he did he, my my brother is so I'm a radiation oncologist. So my brother is a dosimetrist who's the yes, guy. Yes, you told me about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. basically makes a makes a uh, he basically works on computers and. He uh, he comes up with a radiation plan mm. uh, for patients. They do really well too. Though, so much, I was looking does, into the yeah, to the salary and things like that because I wasn't sure what I wanted to pursue after. I was contracting for such a long time at Johnson and Johnson until I finally landed a position. But um, you told me about that position. Yeah, and it was. I mean, I I don't even know if a lot of people know if that even exists. Right. So. If people out there are, you know, wondering like, hey, what are some things I could do with my life? Dosimetry is pretty, I mean, you can, you make pretty good money and mm -hmm. the qualifications is specifically you go to a, you have to get the certification. Right. Right. And then I, I don't, I don't even know if you require a degree or maybe like at least an associate or something like that, but um, or may, no, maybe you do need a four-year degree. I, I forget I, what it was. I'm not totally sure. I think you need you might need a four-year degree. Yeah, but yeah. The training is not that long. It's, yeah, it's a couple like a year. years. Yeah. Oh, it's a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. And and um, and it, actually, it's a, it's really a hidden gem of a job. Yeah. It, it pays well. It's Your like hours it's, are really good too. Hours right? are yeah. good. It's pretty um, it's pretty intellectually like stimulating. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a good job. Actually, a radiation therapist is also a good job. Yeah. Like um, the people who actually treat the the patients. 
you know, so that that pays pretty well. It's got it's got a lot of patient interaction. Mm. Like when the patients come back to see us, like you know, they, they don't necessarily come back to see the doctor. The first person, oh, yeah. when they when they see come to visit the doctors for a follow up, the people they go to see to talk to is the thera- the therapist. Wow, interesting. Those are the ones they interact with. Yeah. you know, every day for so you know, six very or seven weeks. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, look into that radiation therapy, uh, dosimetrist, things mm-hmm. like that. Um, so from the military, I guess you, I mean, you answered the question on, on, on how you got to thinking of even becoming a doctor. You just had a eureka moment. And then how did you pursue it then? Like you got out of military school and then what did you do after? Did you yeah. like sign up immediately for, you know, take tests? Like what did you? Man, I, I tell you, that was a, that was a struggle in and of itself because I came out and I had never taken a, a single biology class in college. I was a physics yeah. major, so I took an engineering and math and mm-hmm. stuff. And so I, I had no idea what I was doing. And, uh, <laughs> and honestly, like, you know, it, it's funny, like it, it's a lot of steps of the way I found that there's always someone who's helped me, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and like, I, I was stationed in San Diego at the time, and, like, I knew this guy who, like, said, you should go see this guy, Paul Saltman, at, at UC, UC San Diego. And I just, you know, I, I just called the guy up, and he he used to agree to meet with me, and um, and uh, he was this professor there, and he, he just advised me about things and, like, things. And, and told me kind of gear me towards classes I should take, mm-hmm. and, like, and then I signed up for the MCAT, and, um, and... It, the guy, the guy just helped me for you know just just out of the kindness of his heart and wow. uh, and uh, I'm really grateful to him. Um, yeah, and yeah. it tur- and it turns out you know it's ironic is that um, for the first maybe five years that uh, I treated at the cancer institute, I treated prostate cancer, and when I when I graduated from residency and everything, I kind of wanted to reach out to this guy Paul Saltman to let him know you know thanks a lot and. It turns out that he was a prostate cancer patient. That's so crazy. Right? And yeah. he actually had passed away from oh my prostate goodness. cancer. Wow. Um, yeah, but but anyway, I mean, it really was an ordeal. And I'll tell yeah. I'll tell you something. I I didn't even get into med school that first year. Like I I went and and uh, you know I talked talked to you about the the academy and like my grades weren't terrific. Like that first year, I my grades tanked. Yeah. The, my, the next three years, I did <laughs> pretty well in my physics class and stuff. But still, I ended up with like a 3.2, which mm-hmm. is pretty good for the academy. But, but not good. It's not yeah, great for, for, for pre-med. Yeah. And then I had to take the MCAT, and, and it was a struggle. But I ended up doing actually pretty well on the MCAT. And I think that wow. that, along with my academy experience, eventually saved me. And uh, so even that first year, it was, it was, it was t- tough, man. I was like... I, yeah. was, I was trying to get married. I was trying to get to med school. <laughs> I didn't get anywhere. And then, and then that second year was, I, I think, my second big break. You know, I, I, I got into Yale med school. Wow. And, like, you know, it's just, like, out of the blue. And, and I, I'll tell you, like, it's funny when I tell this story because I almost didn't even fill out the application because I thought mm. I was – that second year I was applying everywhere, you know, because, mm-hmm. like, I, I just got to get in anywhere. And, and I almost didn't apply – but then I was like, I just what the heck? I just I just I'll just do either Yale or Harvard, and and I got I ordered both applications. And the Yale one was shorter, and so oh. I applied there. And later on, I, I kind of looked into it. And what it turns out to be is that every year Yale is I mean Yale's a really great school. They're very great to their students, and basically every year they take one military guy. Hmm. It's and that's what the, I've seen every year. And basically that year I was the guy. Wow. So, 
Wow. You know, so that look at a draw. Yeah. Right. Um, I think yeah, a lot of guys that yeah. I've had on the show so far, a, a credit to their a lot of to their success. Um, just being you know somewhere at the right time, or you know just having some luck on their side, you know whatever yeah. you want to call it, you know. Um, I think I think that we can put so much on ourselves <laughs> to make something happen sometimes, and when things don't happen, like we get depressed and stuff like that. But a lot of times it's just man, just being at the right place at the right time, where it just things fall in line, you know. So it's pretty amazing. Um, what was your experience like? I guess in in the medical school, you said you were trying to get married, and yeah. like, how did you? I, I guess financially um, take care of yourself, like like. You know, that first year you said you didn't get into med school. How did you, yeah. you know, survive after? Dude, we, we were uh, we were poor, Simon. I mean, yeah. Amy and I were like, <laughs> you know, we were living in San Diego. And, and I, 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 you know, I met this second guy who really helped me, this guy, Paul Saltman. And I met this, this older Korean gentleman. His name was Sun Lee. And he was this guy who... He was like the founder of microsurgery, like like oh, suturing these wow. little vessels, and like he had this lab at, in in San Diego, and and I got hooked up with him somehow, like like my, my fiance Amy met him, and then I'm and so I I was like I I was doing I would have done anything, you know what I mean, mm -hmm. and so I would I would go to his lab, and I would go in the morning, I would clean out the rat cages, and like <laughs> I would feed the rats, and then uh, and then he would just have these little experiments with like. He would teach us how to do suture like 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 rat kidneys and like do, do rat like kidney transplantation and stuff like that. And so I, I spent like a year and a half doing that. And he, you know, I got paid a little bit of money. And in the meantime, my wife Amy was working. She was working like different jobs and like there was a time she was working at a Japanese restaurant and stuff. That's and so, so funny. Yeah. So we were we were poor and but you know those are some of like the best memories that we have because yeah. we had. We had such a nice group of friends there, and mm -hmm. we lived in UTC in San Diego, which is really nice. And what is UTC? Uh, UT, it's University Town Center. It's okay. like pretty close to UC San Diego. And uh, and to save money, like we had a roommate. Her, her name is Vivian. <laughs> so it was three of us living in this little little That's apartment. That's so funny. And uh, and we just had a circle of like six or seven friends, and like, but and we had a lot of fun that year, especially after I finally got in. Like and I had another like you know six months and then you know we just we just had a good time. Wow, yeah. that's such a. I mean, I I don't think I remember this part or yeah. I, maybe you didn't talk about it, but that's um that's but, incredible. But Simon, we were we were poor. Yeah, I mean we were we were like poor. poor. Like you know what I what I remember about that time is like sometimes I wouldn't we wouldn't know how we we're gonna pay the rent. And yeah. Like one time. Amy got bumped into her rear bumper got by so we got like, like yes. eight hundred bucks from the insurance company, but we didn't we didn't repair the bumper. We paid the rent. And yeah. the other thing I remember is that that like oh, a lot of times we didn't have a lot of money, so I would go like Burger King and they had like like oh, whoppers yeah. for one dollar, so I get two of them uh -huh. and like that'd be like that. Yeah. Save it, put it in the fridge. Yeah, man. man. <laughs> yeah, I can just only imagine um, go you know. Be you know try, that, that's like grind mode, right? Like how I you know I, I think I come across this question a lot, right? With the with the other guys, they faced a lot of challenges, right? Where they they hit this wall where it's like, man, how are we gonna uh, make it to the next thing, or how can we keep going? And you know, 
how many people would have just been like, you know what? I don't think med school is it. You probably should quit. I should just get a regular job and make some money, right? Um, you had the qualifications. You could have gone back and probably been an engineer or something, uh, but you stayed the course, right? And now you are um, pretty affluent in, in your field. Um, how how did you know how did you get through it like what kept you going to not stop um throw that towel in i, I don't know i'm just that's just not what i do mm -hmm. you know what i mean and i and I, i've talked to you about this before that yep. that one of the things that i i realized about myself and one of the things i realized at the academy and that taught me is that i am not special <laughs> i i really am not like I'm a pretty smart guy and I can do certain things, but, but there, there are like millions of guys like me. And so I think, I, I honestly think that the only thing that has made me special is that I don't quit. Mm. And, and, you, and you call that, um, grit, right? You, yeah, I, I guess. I mean, I think that's the word for it, mm -hmm. but that, that has been, I think the story of my life. Like I, you know, um, I, I just have not quit and like, uh, and I don't, I don't really quit in, in pretty much anything, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and to be honest, like I, I, I kind of have a fear, like if I start quitting in, in one thing, <laughs> You're gonna I'm going to start quitting in other things, then I'm yeah. going to lose everything that I ever had. Wow. Because I, 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 that's, that's what I found is that that's, that's the only thing that makes things work for me, Simon. You yeah. Know? There's um, been studies about that, uh, with grit. And I think one of the points that I'm trying to get across in this, in this, um, series that I'm doing is with every guy that I've. Uh, interviewed that there's you know nothing really makes any of us really special like you said but there's a quality or character that separates those who succeed at something they're pursuing after and those who decide to not you mm -hmm. know because they decided to quit the towel and, and that one factor is is the grit you know how how much punishment you can take yet yeah. keep going um so yeah you you we talked about that and it kind of like lit up some light bulbs in my head and I was like, man, I need to work on this and this is something I need to grow in, you know? Yeah. Um, I think I think everybody, like, when you look at people, a lot of times you just see the finished product, mm -hmm. right? And you think, yeah. and you look at somebody and you think, man, like, I wish I had this or how did they get that? Mm -hmm. or, but you, you, a lot of times you don't see all the, the stuff that they the went hard through to, to get there. And it's, I, honestly, I, it's like the same for everybody, I yeah. think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think even with jujitsu, right? It's like we see the black belts, but we don't, you know, know their path and how yeah. they got there. Or even the guys that are world champions, it's like, oh, they're world champions, whatever. But there's a they, they there's a reason why they're a world champion. You know, they never quit. They kept going, and that that journey that they went on is probably something incredible. You know, yeah. that a lot of us can't uh, fathom or, or really relate to. But um, yeah. I, I, I appreciate you sharing that with me, you know, during that time, because it helped me to develop like something inside of myself that I was like, oh, I, I really need to have some grit here. You know, if I'm really going to even produce this project. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of times where I was like, OK, I'm getting married now. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Like, I don't have the time. I just don't have the time. But I, I, you know, I have to find the time. I have to just keep grinding. You know, if I don't yeah. grind, then. I'm going to stop something else. You know, if I don't, if I didn't pursue after this, I would have quit something else that I would have done, you know? And yeah, I, I appreciate uh, you sharing that insight with me. Um, so moving on, what made you choose radiation oncology as uh, your focus? And, and you're also specifically head and neck, correct? Mm -hmm. 
Um, what got what made you go? Okay, this is what I want. Yeah. This is the area of medicine I want to study. So, you know, I I'd given up a lot to go into medicine, and uh, and I wanted to find something, something that I really liked. I wanted to find something that I could love. You know what I mean? And so, honestly, I tried everything. I tried so many things. I tried ENT. I tried urology. I tried. Uh, Jeez, what what I, I tried I tried looked at transplantation. Oh wow. And honestly I looked at so many things and I didn't really like anything. And then I, I uh and, and this is the third person who helped me is my boss, current boss, Bruce Hafty. I met him and, and I, I uh I spent a little time in radiation and I, I, I just realized this is for me. This is, oh, wow. You know, because it's like, it's like, for me, it's like a great, you know, marriage of a lot of things. I mean, there's technology, there's a lot of patient care, mm. you're doing, you're dealing with cancer patients. It's really, I think it's really worthwhile. You get a very, you know, special bond with your patients a mm. lot of times. Um, so it was, after a couple of weeks rotating with them, I knew that that was for me. Wow. And then... But e even then, there's there's people who specialize in every site, and mm -hmm. the reason why I, I like head and neck so much is that you know head and neck is like it, it's a really head and neck cancer is is a really serious disease, and um, you know a lot of times it's life or death, you know. Yeah. They, and but but kind of going through that fight together with your patients, you know, uh, you get a very special relationship. I, I just think it's very worthwhile, and when they come back to me, a lot of times mm. they'll come back. Um, like a couple of years later and they're doing great and they're going on with their life. I mean, it's very rewarding. Wow. Um, wow. But, you know, the thing that I like about it technically is that it, what I like about my job a lot is, is the anatomy. And so the head and neck anatomy is like the, probably the most complicated in the body. And, you know, the thing I, it, it, I just like it, you know, and it's kind of a weird thing that I have. And I will just take a anatomy, head and neck anatomy book, and I'll just, just read flip it. through it, and I'll have seen it, again, and I'll go through it, and I can spend an hour, and I'll go through it, and I'll pick up one extra detail, and you know the thing is, like I just like it, and it's just kind of one of those those weird things that I quirks that I have, mm -hmm. and that quirk I think helps me in my job because it's something that's it's not a big chore for me to do that, yeah, and so it, it helps me to be I think good at my job. Wow, is. Is the head and neck specifically um, not including the brain, like areas around the face and the neck, or is it also including the, the so, so brain? So that's not, so for our specialty, that's not including the brain. So oh, that's okay, different. I got you. So this is mostly like uh, like uh, guys who smoke or they get, they get a virus uh, and they okay. get a cancer in their tonsil or their mm. base of tongue or uh, something like that. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Uh, I, what, is there a very common... Um, cancer that you come across a lot in your field? So a lot a lot of cancers that I see, I mean, most cancers are either caused by one of two things. That's what I tell my patients. They're either caused because of smoking, um, and those are the kind of the traditional cancers that you get. Um, and then uh, these days, a lot of them are caused by viruses, HPV virus. Really? Right? Wow. So HPV, you know, it's, 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 it's kind of an epidemic. There's a lot of people who get HPV cancer and... Uh, you know that that kind of cancer usually occurs either in tonsils or base of tongue. Hmm. Um, wow! So it's it's a it's a different mix. You know, like fifty years ago, it had been mostly the the cigarette caused cancers, but now it's it's different. You know, hmm. so uh, yeah, it's kind of an evolving field. You know, because of the HPV. Wow! So I guess the number one thing, if if you were to give advice to your everyday um, person. Yeah. Right. To, if there was one thing to stay the heck away from, 
the number one thing you would say is cigarettes. 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 Yeah. That that's yeah, and not just for head and neck cancer, but for but, everything. Your yeah. lungs, your cardiovascular. I mean, cig cigarettes are are probably the worst thing that people do to themselves. I think. Wow, that's yeah. <laughs> that's incredible. I I mean I I mean it makes sense, but um, yeah I when you think about it, it's so simple, right? Just stop smoking. Yeah. Uh, yeah, people, it's people's vices. Right? It's like they yeah. can't stop, and then to to realize that there there's an amount of damage that can. Yeah, or the, yeah, it could do. That you're doing all the time. Yeah. And the other thing is financial. Like, cigarettes are expensive. expensive yeah. You know, like, yeah, I, I sometimes think about it. Like, if you if you took all the money, like, people, people like, pay, uh, like, what, yeah, it's like, it, 10 like 10 or 10 11, I think, now. For, uh, and people smoke one or two pack. What if you took that money and you just yeah. put it in a mutual fund? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean <laughs> multi-millionaire, buy some Bitcoins with it. Yeah. Um, Wow. So stay away from cigarettes pretty much is the number one uh, thing you would uh, recommend. People. Yeah, that's the number one thing. Yeah. And then, you know, HPV, that's a sexually transmitted disease. So, yeah. I mean, you be just careful. have to look at that. You have to be careful. <laughs> you know, you, it's not it's not free, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, out of all the cases you've worked on, what has been the most interesting to you? Uh, any specific case that you're like, or maybe you can't talk about. It, I don't know. Well, there, the, you know, anatomy-wise, you know, um, like what we do is like as radiation oncologists, I get a CAT scan, right, and and I make a we have them make a mask, and we get a CAT scan, and basically we kind of color in on each slice of that CAT scan where mm. the dose goes, and so oh wow, so you know, a lot of times the, the anatomy is very interesting, and so uh, you know, it's all pretty interesting. I think nasopharynx cases are pretty interesting. What is that? So nasopharynx cancer is actually indigenous to because uh, it's caused by another virus, EBV. And there's a lot of it in, in like South Asia, like really. Uh, and so that area is very kind of central in the head, and so it goes a lot of places. The planning is pretty complex. So, um, oh man, that makes me think of my friend. Uh, does does a something? So he has something where he forms a lot of polyps mm -hmm. inside of his nose, and he's gotten multiple surgeries, mm -hmm. and they keep growing back. Could that lead to something like that? There, there. Sometimes he is do, like Asian from. Yeah. 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 So th those kinds of things, uh, sometimes you can develop, usually those are benign, right? Like yeah. those, those kind of pops. Occasionally they can develop and they can become like a squamous wow. cell carcinoma. So it's, it's something to watch, but, um, not to not freak yourself out. No. Okay. Yeah. Good. <laughs> I'll let him know. Um, but I got, I got, uh, some information for you from my, um, oncology friend, but, um, what was the lifestyle like when you were uh, be a doctor in the field or, or you know working? Even currently, is you know do you find your hours to be workable? Is it something that you would recommend? You know, kids that are growing up and like, hey, yeah. I want to be a doctor. It's like, well, do you really want to be a doctor? Because yeah. this is what it takes. Well, as as a radiation oncologist, I think uh, we're a pretty. I think we're a good specialty because mm -hmm. um, I think you can have a, a good kind of mix of lifestyle. You know, I, I mean, the the pay is pretty good, and then the uh, the hours usually are pretty pretty good. Oh, okay. You know, so I usually don't work on the weekend, right? I take call maybe once out of every you know seven weeks or something like that. Um, so usually the hours are, are pretty reasonable. Like a lot of people work, you know, maybe a lot of people work nine to five, that yeah. kind of thing. I mean, to be honest, you know, there's other stuff you can do. And so 
you know, I have I have other some roles, administrative roles. So my hours, mm-hmm. I you know, I work usually like usually like eight to maybe six or seven usually. Um, so, but but still, you know, it's it's a pretty hours are reasonable. You can have a you know pretty good family life. Oh, that. good. Yeah. Um, moving on, let's talk about your training background. So I know, or your martial arts background, I should say. Mm-hmm. You've told me you did Taekwondo. Prior to going to Brian's, you went to uh, YB Choice, right? Yep. Which is legit. Like, I think three out of the, or no, now it would be four out of all the episodes we've done so far, everybody's been to YB Choice. Really? <laughs> or they've mentioned YB Choice. Wow. Um, and yeah, he's like literally like, I would say five minutes from here and yeah. that night even. Um, but yeah, that's I guess that's where you started your martial arts uh, I don't know if you did anything prior to that. I did a little bit before. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, uh, yeah. You know, it's funny. I, when I was when I started here, I wasn't really doing much of anything. I'd been done a little taekwondo before, and then it was like uh, I was in my like uh, I don't want to say like early forties, and I was like, man, I'm like stomach is getting bigger, <laughs> my legs are getting skinnier. I didn't feel good. You know what I mean? Like yeah. And I, like things were starting to hurt, and I was like, "Man, I gotta go back and do something." I, and I hadn't really done any, a lot of regular exercise, and then I went to, back to YB Choi, and like, you know, YB Choi is like the godfather of Taekwondo around <laughs> yeah. his park. Man. Yeah, and like he is. You know, YB, he's he's like he's a great guy. You know, he he's in his mid eighties now. Well, and, I never and, met him. I don't know. Oh, you never met him. Yeah, I don't know and him. He he looks like he could fight. He could step in the ring Are now. You and he he's he's amazing and he's yeah. like flexible and like he's just he's just a, a great guy and, and like tough and like there are people who stay with him and and they stay with him for like 30 years wow. there, there are women there and like guys there who have been training with him forever wow and you know i i went there and and actually uh my whole family went there for a little while i mean it's mostly me and ella but but he, he believes in like just grinding it out and like yeah. tough workout like his his workouts are just so tough and he doesn't he, his motto is he goes around and yells while you're doing he's like no rest no rest never give up so but he got he got me in really good shape and like and i went there for for a few years wow. and uh i even got a black belt from him and, <laughs> and uh but eventually, like, I wanted to do something a little bit different, you know. Like, Taekwondo, you kind of do the same katas and, like, that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 of course, I, you know, I've seen the UFC, and I wanted to check it out. And so, honestly, I went – I just went on, online. I wanted to go join, like, a, an MMA gym and learn some jiu-jitsu. And I just went online, and I Googled it. And it was <laughs> near my house and your, or near my work. And uh, I saw uh, – I wanted to go to a place where uh, I could take Ella and we yeah. could train together. And – and I Googled it, and I just saw great comments about Brian, how yeah. he's like a, such a nice guy, and it's like a good atmosphere, mm-hmm. and like, yeah, that sounds a good place. And I went there, and that's what <laughs> yeah. happened. Then I met you, yeah. and then, uh, this is like our old school, well, I actually made, this is the shirt that I made when I had my t-shirt company, but um, this was like one of the first logos. I think I made this logo. I made, I made all of the logos, except for the ones before I was there. But... Um, yeah, it's it's so interesting, uh, you know, when, when people come into the school and they stay and they tell me about their experiences prior. And you can see it translates, right? Like, even when you guys started kickboxing, like, Ella's an animal. She she should, I don't know why she's not, I mean, 
I think she should be fighting because <laughs> she'll mow down some people. Um, you know, I mean, you know, I don't want her to ruin her face or anything, but <laughs> she's a little beast, you know. And even jujitsu, she probably should do at least a couple jujitsu tournaments because her jujitsu is so good. It's incredible how quick she is. And man, I don't know, you raised like a little animal there. <laughs> she's a little beast. Um, and even yourself, you know, you you are one of the toughest guys that I know. Um, you know, you can you can hit and you can roll. Like you do them very well, both of them. It's not Thanks. like it's not like oh, here's old man song. <laughs> oh, I don't want to hold pads with him. I'm like oh yeah, I get to hold pads with song. Like you know, he actually knows what he's doing and he actually hits good. Uh, so, you know yeah. what though? It's funny is, is, is when the guys they start they start talking about it and then they'll start comparing me to their dad. <laughs> I remember that that happened more than once and they say, Man, you're 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 a lot better shape than my dad. Yeah, uh, I don't know. You're a lot Sorry. better shape than like my cousin that's like you know, in his thirties or whatever, or forties. But um have you felt that it's helped you, like the martial arts, outside of just losing weight, um, to your day-to-day -day life? Like, has it helped you in uh, your even in your medicine, you know, career um, or career in medicine? I'm sorry. Um, yeah, just the 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 grind and the training. Oh, I, I think it's helped me tremendously. Um, I think you know the exercise part of it has kind of kept me in shape. And I I gotta say one thing I I would say to everybody is that. I think the worst thing you can do is to stop, mm -hmm. right? At, the, at some point, a lot of guys, like when you reach middle age, you stop doing much of anything and then you just, and I gotta tell you, I, I feel so good. Mm -hmm. Like comparing myself at 40 to now, yeah. like I feel so much better now than I did at 40. Like I don't have any pain. Like <laughs> at, there was a point when I wasn't doing any exercise, my knees hurt a lot, my wow. back was starting to hurt. And now like, I don't have pain anywhere. I feel I feel great. Yeah. And um, and you know, thanks for the compliment about the the, the jujitsu and everything. But I got to tell you, I, one thing I realized about myself uh, with jujitsu is is I'm not really that good at it. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. there are guys like Jeff Brown, like you see, and and they they like they're just like animals and they're just like well he's they, also 20, like 20 yeah yeah 25. but honestly i don't even if i was 25 i don't i don't there's something about like me like mm. it's just not na that natural yeah for me. yeah and so like i've seen about three generations of guys come in who came in after me and they get better than me they get better mm. than me quick and so i mean th that's that's something that's something like kind of older grapplers i think have to deal with right like yeah that there are guys who are going to come in and and they're gonna train way less than you, and they're just gonna they're just gonna speed right past you. Yeah, like they just have a capacity or whatever. Yeah, like, but I mean yeah. they're also on YouTube watching all these videos, and then you know in the gym every single day. Like yeah, you know you have to take a lot of different things into account right. as well. I think your toughness and your you know you, it's not like whenever you roll, I'm like oh yeah here let me just throw something around or whatever. You're still very strong. I think there's a level of. Um, you know techniques or moves that you can still uh learn that'll help you you know grow you know get into a, that upper realm yeah. or whatever but again you know it's all about how much time you're spending into something so right. i think you're you're only there like maybe two or three days a week yeah, you two know days so a week. yeah so even in that aspect you know you know for the other guys that are out there you know even maybe they're in the same shoes you know um 
I think I think the route that might be like, oh, maybe I should do a private lesson or something like that. I think just just watching material and, and kind of visualizing it um, throughout the day, which is what I do. I don't train as much as I do anymore, but technically I'm a lot better than I was. Mm-hmm. Way, yeah, way better. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I attribute that to a lot of um, just doing a lot of mental visual work. I actually, it's kind of interesting now because back in the day, I couldn't even like um, know my lefts from my rights, right? It's like, use your uh oh your left hand right now when i when i coach guys i i just know which which side it is because my brain i'm visualizing it before they even do it and so i'm able to like decipher oh that's his left foot or that's his right hand or whatever or put your right arm into his left you know and and it starts to make sense because i'm i've been visualizing it prior to that it's like you're just there to train, and then if you just go there to train, then you're only able to pick up whatever you're picking up there, right? So then when you're at home, if you're thinking about it, uh, visualizing it, maybe you're looking at new moves, you know, on DVDs or whatever, you gotta be thinking about it, you know? And then and then thinking about the concepts. Why does this work? And and then once, I mean, as an engineer, once you understand why something works, then you, under, then you can build the whole thing, right? right? So, um, it's getting to that point, right? Because I didn't get to that point until, um, like, I'm a one-strike brown belt. And I would say until my late stage of my brown belt no-stripe, that was when I started to be able to uh, piece the concepts together. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, I get this. And I don't need to, like, I mean, I, I should drill it for, for uh, explosiveness and, you know, um, and, and you know doing something very... Uh, in a, in a sense of like okay, um, com- com- competition wise, right? You should mm-hmm. drill it. But I uh, but m- visually and mentally, I can I understand the move and I know why you know this connects to that, right? So uh, I might not be able to do it as fast when I first do it without drilling it, but I, at least I know how to do it and I can get there, right? right. So I, then then you practice that move on white belts until you can do it to pr- blue belts and purple belts, and then as, after the purple belts, I was like, oh, I can hit this in live you know, rolling like with, with, uh, anybody now. Right. So it's really like just taking your time, visualizing in my, in my opinion, when you don't have time to be at the gym all the time. So that's just a tidbit, um, you know, maybe help you out or whoever else out there. I, I, I can understand that. I mean, I'm not as old, but I'm getting there. <laughs> like I, you know, I can see it's probably going to be less and less time on the mats as I'm getting married eventually gonna have kids you know then what else after that comes with that you know um i'll tell you you know you what i've always liked to watch you uh and nate right because when i started you guys were kind of kind of like where i am now and i and and back then i was like man those guys you know what i want to do i just wanted to be able to roll enough to where i would be fun like i could have fun Mm. and the other person would have fun rolling with like I, you know what i mean like when you go yeah like, yeah you know, when you have a good match yeah right it's a decent match and it's like entertaining for mm-hmm. both of like and i, I would watch you guys because you guys were like you guys aren't huge guys and like you know about the same size and i was like man i want to be kind of like that and then i, I watch you know I, and i i feel like i'm kind of like where you guys were back then but now i roll with you guys and then something something's happened you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah like something's, something's happened changed, like yeah. whatever i do like there's 
they're, they, you, you have an answer, and you, yeah. you're like that, and Nate's like that too, where uh, yeah. something's shifted, and like you just have a step ahead. So yeah. maybe someday, maybe, no, yeah, maybe absolutely. I'll be like, I can get to that level. Yeah, I think, well, everybody that's been on the show that's been talking about what is the key, right, to getting good is just showing up. That was yeah. Razors, you know, Black Belt, um, Nate, uh, Brown Belt, and then Ron, Black Belt. All of them were like, just show up and you'll be fine, right? So as long as you're showing up, um, I think the extra stuff, if you want to get there even quicker, is the visualization part of it. But um, yeah, it's just showing up, you know, and, and eventually you will get there, you know, and, and I think... It's all about just just being able to understand the concepts. I think once you get to that point, then it's like, oh, he's got his leg there. Uh, I can do fifty things from there, you know. And then you and then you decide <laughs> what yeah. you think you're gonna do in your brain, right? Um, you know. But I think once you get into the competition side of it, that's where it gets really mm. funky and crazy. And I'm, that's where I'm trying to get uh, my next part down where okay i understand the the teaching aspect and the rolling aspect but now the competition i've never been good at anything in competition i used to do like these uh fighting games uh, it was called marvel street fighter i don't know marvel versus capcom and marvel's capcom 2 and i would i would be pretty good at home right but then once i went to the arcade, about a video game yeah, yeah, yeah okay once i went to like the arcade <laughs> I, would, uh, and I, I couldn't even like shoot a fireball like <laughs> i would be so shaking my anxiety would be so high and i'm like man mm. i just never was good at competition i, I, I like co competing against um people i know in a friendly environment, right? Because yeah. I know you and I can talk crap and yeah. whatever. But once it becomes like a stranger and it's like, well, let's just see who's the best. Then I'm like, I'm like I start freaking out, you know? Mm. Um, even though I know my skills are very uh, high level, yeah. you know, I, I I freeze up. That that whole confidence part comes in, you know? And this is where my next journey is going to try to figure out is how do I beat this competition fear and you know, how do I get through these anxieties and, mm. you know, all these crazy thoughts and all that nonsense. But, um, yeah. Uh, um, so, yeah, it's helped you in your life. It's given you so many benefits. And how, I mean, I'm assuming, right, most doctors in the field, I think in our gym, there was only two, you and Vadim. Mm -hmm. Before there was John Erickson too, which I, I wish he was still here because he's, he's a surgeon um, for for uh, actual uh, orthopedic He's surgeon. orthopedic. Yeah, he's yeah. orthopedic, yeah. So he would have been great to have on the show. He, yeah. he moved to New York. Uh, maybe in the future or something, I'll have him on. But um, he, he trained Muay Thai, Jiu-Jitsu. You know, very few doctors I know would get into combat sports. I think yeah. even uh, Ron, he knew a neurosurgeon uh, that's a part of that, or trains with the Donahue Death Squad, mm -hmm. and he's he's a high level black belt. He he heel hooks and does all that stuff on with with like Gary Tonin and all those guys. Um, I forget his name. It might it starts with a Y, like uh, Yves or something like that, or Yevit. I don't know. I'm gonna screw it all up, but um. Yeah, he's a very high-level jujitsu guy that's a neurosurgeon. <laughs> like, you know, not too many doctors, though, I would think would be getting into this stuff. And maybe it's due to, like, they just have no interest in 
keeping themselves physically in shape or whatever. But would you recommend like would you recommend this to your doctor? Oh, I, I think I'd recommend it to to, uh, to anybody. <laughs> yeah, I think I think uh, I think I mean there's a lot of stress in a lot of jobs, but doctors are under a lot of stress. Oh yeah, it's a whole nother and ball I think there there's nothing that has helped me with stress like rolling. Excuse me. <coughs> I get a drink. <laughs> yep. Yeah, there, there's nothing like, I, I'm not really a big talker, you know what I mean? Like, <clears throat> some people deal with stress by, like, going out and talking, chatting things up with my fr <laughs> your friend, and it, that doesn't really, I don't know, it just doesn't do it for me that much, you know? Yeah. The only thing that helps me really when I'm really stressed, like, like there's a lot of administrative stuff where, like, my patients don't do well, and mm -hmm. I'm, like, it's just going to the gym and rolling and just just sweating and just being totally exhausted and you know whether you win or lose or just, yeah. it just doesn't matter but it, afterwards you just feel clean and you yeah. it's just you just feel so good and uh and i think i think a lot of people doc, doctors anybody would benefit from that yeah high and, stress job yeah and the other thing it does it just keeps you very humble mm -hmm. very humble which right? i don't think doctors have right <laughs> There's a lot of doctors who might not, who could maybe could use that. They're like a uh, god yeah. complex. Because they, they, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of hierarchy, right, in the hospital, right? And a lot of times the, the, the doctors are near the top of the food chain. And so, you know, a lot of people just kind of kind of do what you say and you can get away with a lot of things. And it's it's good to go and see that no matter what 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 title you have, there's some 20-year-old guy who can armbar you <laughs> yeah. in like in a minute, you know, it brings yeah. you down to earth, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Put things in perspective a little bit. Yep. So uh, if you're a doctor out there and uh, you need some physical activity, Sung highly recommends <laughs> jujitsu, uh, as do I, and Vadim, and John Erickson. <laughs> so plenty of doctors uh, to recommend it. Um, before we move on into the next uh, segment, there's something I wanted to share with um you know the viewers it's a it's a letter you wrote to me or, or or email i'm sorry it was an email that you wrote to me um it was during a time where i was going through a lot of stuff i had my heart broken uh you remember <laughs> i'm not gonna mention any names or whatever but uh i had my heart broken um and i, I was i had my my head was very low like i i felt uh just darkness about approaching new opportunities relationships um, any area in my life that could have been positive, I just was, I looked at it with like a negative spirit, right? It was like my spirit, everything was broken. Um, my heart got crushed. Um, after I shared these things with you, um, you like really shined this insight on me that I never looked at through any lens in my life. Nobody's ever shared anything like that with me. Um, and uh, I'm gonna read the letter. <laughs> it's uh, it's from you. It said Simon. I was thinking about that that story you told us the other day about the girl saying she was gonna meet up with you and then flaking out. This is something I wish someone had told me a long time ago. Marriage is half love and half a business proposition. How well you do in your business, finances, your personal life, your kids, your life depends so much on your wife. So when you Evaluate a woman. Don't just look at her at a, at a girl, like a girl, how she looks, how cute she acts. If you think like this, you let people get away with far too much. Perhaps even importantly, ask yourself, would I start a small business with this person? Is she trustworthy, honest, hardworking? 
This puts a different perspective on your interactions. If a girl says she will meet up with you and then flakes, if you just think of her as a girl, then you let it slide. Think the usual BS like maybe it's my fault. She doesn't like me that much. When you think of her like a possible business partner, then you realize that good people don't stand other people up. They do what they say they are going to do. It frees you from a lot of personal nonsense and lets you read that person more accurately. Honest people act honestly all the time, regardless of who they deal with. If you wouldn't invest your hard-earned money with that person because they are not worth of your trust, then in my opinion, you shouldn't waste your time with them as a friend or girlfriend either. That right there, you could probably write a book. <laughs> on, this is this is gold, right? Like that that email changed my whole perspective of how I looked at every interaction in my life. People wasting my time. People, um, you know. Uh, relationships I pursued after that that treated me like garbage you know that that uh undermined me and I always blame it on myself right mm -hmm. it was always like oh I'm not good enough for and I would always put myself down and you were the first insight the only insight I've ever gotten where it's like hey you know the reason why isn't because you suck or anything like that you have to look at it in a more um like like objective view you know let's take how you know you suck out of this picture and let's look at it as 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 the other person right um and let's look at her objectively or you know the relationship objectively because i also use this actually with some of uh, my friends um you know that i felt were taking some advantage of me you know um so it was the first time where i was like man I can't have this in my life. Like I, I need to stop wasting my time with people that waste my time, right? And I immediately after that, I looked at myself so much higher in value. And that was the first time where I ever walked with my head high, you know? Um, I mean, I did when I was younger, and then, I, but then I went through a lot after college. So after college, like I went through a very depressive stage and, you know, kind of, like ups and downs through through my martial arts stuff it helped me uh up down up down but really after this letter i've never looked at myself that way ever again and my head's always been high since then so um anybody out there you know this letter i mean the words in it there's so much wisdom in it you know and i really appreciate you sharing that with me um i guess my question to you would be like where did this come from? <laughs> like, how how did you come up with this? You know, um... sorry, I've been married a long time, and uh, and uh, I've known you know I've known a lot of couples and things like that, and 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 I've seen a few, I've seen a lot of people like who kind of went through some of the stuff that you were going, and and some of the nicest guys that I know kind of take get taken advantage of in certain ways like that, I, you know, and like. Guys who had, had so much going for him, and like like you, like I mean, I look at you. I mean, I think you are are just, I mean, a great guy. You you just honest, nice. You know, I, I think you you you'd be a great catch. And thank you. <laughs> no, and, and, and I totally mean that. And I, you know, and I've met some other people. Like I have I have a I have a cousin who was very similar, just like you. And, and guy I really liked. I had another guy in med school who was like that. And like and sometimes they would get down on themselves for and i was like this is I, i'm like this is nonsense this, it doesn't make any sense to me um 
and there, there's some weird dynamics that I don't totally understand sometimes, you know, between between men and women. But like a few things I do know, and and um, is that if you if you don't value yourself and you don't you don't value and you you don't think that that you have you know a, a lot of intrinsic worth. I mean that shows, and so a lot of times that has nothing to do with what you do, and you mm -hmm. know what I, what I mean. It's just it's just a feeling, and it's, yeah. it doesn't make any sense, and it shouldn't be there. But if you don't have that feeling, then other people will kind of feel that, and they'll take advantage of you, especially someone who's really nice and just a really kind guy like yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and that that to to think to think that that because someone stands you up. That that's your <laughs> fault. I think that's that's crazy. That's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like, and it's just like I said. Like, I'm for. I've been fortunate enough to to work and deal with a lot of really nice people and a lot of really nice women. Like, like hardworking, honest women. And I I think about them and like, if if they, you know, even if they're not totally interested in you, right? If they say I'm gonna meet Simon at six o'clock. They're not going to cancel, mm -hmm. right? If they do, if they don't want to meet you, they're going to call you and say, "Simon, I'm sorry, this is not for me," you know? Yeah. And so, so you got to think about it like that way, you know? Um, so that that part of it, and then I, I I think that who you marry has such an incredible yeah. view with how you do in your life, mm -hmm. you know? And it really look your finances, you know, uh, your job, your kids. It's all like a like a, a small business. Yeah, and it really, yeah. and you have a, a partner. <laughs> yeah, right. And it's it's financial, it's emotional, it's mm -hmm. everything. So, so you you got to have someone reliable. You got to have wow. a good, honest person. Like mm -hmm. that. That's where that came from. I, I forget. Maybe I read it in some book. I can't yeah, even remember. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I I totally I totally believe that. Yeah, like you gotta you gotta find somebody who's honest, and and someone. And, and, and like I told you also that, that I think the key to like making marriage work is it just like anything else. It's grit. You need, mm. you need to find someone who's not wow. going to quit on you. Right. Yeah. Cause no matter who you marry, like no matter how great they are, you're going to be go through rough times. Things are going to, bad things are going to happen sometimes. Yeah. And like, you know, you don't want somebody who's going to quit on you mm. and people who quit, they're going to quit on this and the next thing and the next thing. Wow, right, that's and deep. people people who don't they're, they're just not going to quit, mm -hmm. and so they'll, they'll they'll stay with you forever. Wow, you know? and that 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 I'll give to my wife because my my <laughs> Amy, you know, <laughs> my wife Amy like and I are about as as opposite as you can get. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm like you know people always tell me I'm too militaristic and I'm like too <laughs> serious and you know I, they're probably right about all of it. And my wife is like a real free spirit from San Diego, like, <laughs> hippie. But yeah, and. Uh, but you know the thing the thing about her is like and me too is that my wife just on marriage like she doesn't quit like mm -hmm. she never she never had the thought you know and and so we've gone through hard times for sure yeah. and uh and you know sometimes we continue we have fights and all sorts of things but you know she she's just not a quitter and and neither am I there you go. That's some uh, incredible advice. <laughs> and uh, I really thank you, you know, because, I mean, I'm about to get married. So <laughs> definitely I walked into that. Uh, I walked into pursuing her with this, this mindset. And I was like, anytime that I felt she was playing a game, I was like, all right, whatever. <laughs> I'm not going to waste my time, you know. And um, 
I think in any other situation prior to that, I would have been like, oh no, oh no, it's, you know, did I do something, you know, and it pro she probably would have been able to pick that up, but the desperation probably been like, eh, yeah, I'm not yeah. interested, you know, but not this time. <laughs> so I'm curious, so if you, if she did something that, that wasn't quite right, and then you would just kind of call on her, call her on it, then yeah. how, did, how did she respond when you did that? Um, she, uh, well, she never really did anything that was like, like, terrible right, right? right like like i scared her a couple times uh a couple times i said something stupid and it, it kind of scared her you know so she would pull back a little bit and i but i, I appreciated that because she was honest with me right and yeah. uh, i think that was one of the big things what you were saying was like uh, a, a honest person's always honest and that's what she was she was always honest with me yeah. so i looked at her way higher in, in regard um compared to other relationships i pursued after um, for me, whenever there was something that I felt like she was kind of like, okay, well, I need to call you out on it. She would always uh, take it in with, um, I mean, she would, you know, a little bit of fear, uncertainty, but she always respected it. She always respected my opinion or how I felt. Um, if I said something that was completely wrong, she would call me out. You yeah. know, and, and she would do the same with me. So there's just the what I always really appreciated with her, um, my fiance, is um, that she's just honest with me. Yeah. You know, and we, we have real honest conversations. It's never ever at a point where it's like, I think she's trying to play a game, you know. Yeah. And I, I she reads me pretty well. I read her pretty well. So it's like whenever she's going through something, I can already hear it in her voice. And same with me. She'd be like... Did something happen? <laughs> they were like, yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. That's that's how it works with us. So that's good. But yeah, yeah. I, it's a. I'm very blessed in this relationship. I, um, you know, nothing's perfect. We've have we have our fights and stuff like that. I mean, I got a little cold feet <laughs> during the. She, I mean, she, you know, it's not like she doesn't know. We've had conversations about it um, during the engagement. It, it got really rough because. Um, you know, just when you get engaged, it's just the whole world's just like, what, what, what's going on? You know, yeah. um, and it, and you're about to do something super serious. Yeah. And you're just like, what do I do? So there was a lot of fear on my end, but like you said, the grit, right? I had to keep pushing and keep fighting, and now we're in a really good place. You know, and same with her. At, at some point, she was really scared, and she was like, I don't think I want. To be. And then. And then for her, she had to push through, you know, and she did. And then, you know, now we're in this situation where we're happily planning this wedding, you know. Um, so, yeah, everything you're saying is spot on. Um, I think it could benefit many people out there. So, I don't know. You might be on Oprah. Uh, I don't, I don't <laughs> think so. Book. I, I, don't think, I don't think I'm qualified. Dr. Sung of Love. <laughs> no, no, I'm not qualified. You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm like an engineer by yeah, like training. Yeah. You know, it, it, I, I've explained to people before, like, uh, like in engineering terms, it's like it, your relationship should not be a negative feedback loop. In other words, if I do something nice for you, <laughs> you should do something nice for me. You know what I mean? But not, not, not tip for tack. No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. In general, if I'm nice to you, you should be nice to me. But there are people out there, <laughs> there are people out there like where I'm nice to you and then you do something they, rotten to me. Yeah, they, and, like, they the give nice, me crap. Yeah, the, <laughs> that's a negative feedback. If I, the nicer I am to you, the more you take advantage of me and you're ne it's a negative. 
And those people, you don't want to deal with those people. Yeah, like that doesn't work. The circuit's work. not working. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So yeah, I want to thank you for sharing this with me. And uh, yeah, this connects to the next part. So on your pursuit with your wife, how did you go about it? Uh, how did you like meet her? What were you looking for in a woman? Like, were your parents happy with her? <laughs> so, you know, that's, that's kind of a funny story. Like, I, I met her while I was stationed in San Diego. And uh, <laughs> I went to this, <laughs> I went to this Korean American Professional Association. You know, it was like, you know, 20 something Korean people in San Diego. Oh and, I, and I saw her and the first time I met her was at a karaoke bar because that was like the after party. <laughs> was it like you knew when you met her, like that feeling? You know, I, I got to tell you, like she, I met her that night and I was like, really like, wow. That's and how I felt. I was yeah. like, wow. And you know, it's funny. And, and she was really friendly to me and we were talking and like, and I mean, she looked so good and she was so <laughs> nice. And I was like, wow, man. <laughs> something yeah but you know what i didn't realize though is that she was the secretary of this like organization so basically it was her job to be friendly <laughs> to everybody so, <laughs> so you know it's oh funny like I, I i i saw her and i was like man she's kind of into me you know and like <laughs> and i was looking forward to seeing her again it was like a couple weeks later and i thought i was gonna meet her and like we have this great conversation and everything and she kind of went down there and like she kind of brushed past me and like kind of ignored me and I was like, oh, wow. I was like, what what is going on? This is not this is not computing to me and like, so I was thinking about it and you know I was engineer trained and I was like going through all the scenarios blah 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 and I, and somehow I got in my head, is it is she's not interested in me or no? I was, it couldn't be that. I was like, I was like, I, was like, she, I must have done something that made her mad, right? So I got in my head somehow that she was mad at me. So. I called her and uh, her left a message at her house and then she didn't get back to me because her, you know, she didn't get the message from her sister for like a couple weeks and I was, I remember this very vividly. I was like, we were in port and I was, I was the officer and I was in charge. Oh, this and, was, and you're still in the military. I was still in the military. Wow. I was about to get out and I got this, I got on the phone with her and she, I'm talking to her and, and it was the weirdest conversation because I, I go, I, one of the first things I said to her is, are you mad at me? <laughs> and she goes, what? <laughs> Why would I be mad at you? And then, see, my whole theory was totally blown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, so I, I really didn't know what to say. So the next thing I said was, oh, okay, well, maybe we should go out to dinner. <laughs> so then, you know, we went out to we went out to uh, to get something to eat, you know, and then we just hit it off right away. Wow. And like, and basically, we were like inseparable, like ever ever since then. It just and, was meant, uh, yeah, yeah. Meant to be. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> But basically, our whole marriage was based off a, a misunderstanding, a miscalculation. Like most you know, things, on, right? On my part. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I uh, actually, that's funny because when I first met my fiance, um, she was ignoring me. But I thought she was purposely ignoring me. And the whole night, I was like trying to get her attention, but she she would come up to me and talk to me for like ten seconds and then walk away. I'm like, why is she doing this? Like, is she playing with me? I'm like, she's signaling that she's interested, but like she wants to see what I'm gonna do. And the whole night, I kept trying to get her attention, but she wouldn't give me a thing. Mm. So that right before the night ended, I was like, I have to get her attention. So I just went up to her and I just asked her, Hey, would um. I wanted to talk to you a lot more. I didn't get a chance to. You looked like you were busy. I, 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 was, I don't think she was busy. 
you know so then i was like but would you be opposed to me coming up to new york because that's where she, she lives um to visit you and take you out and, and get to know you and she was like no i really like that but not knowing that she she didn't even so afterwards we talked about it now She's like, she had no idea that I was even interested. She, yeah. it was just what, so for her, it was just, she yeah, was, yeah. it was just going over her head and she had no idea. So again, a mis misunderstanding. Yeah, yeah. And then we go on a date and then now it's like, boom, you know? So I, I guess all good things start with a, you know, could possibly start with a misunderstanding. Yeah. Right? It's like, oh, well, and, I thought this. And, and as, as like, you know, and the funny thing uh, afterwards is like, uh, it wasn't like our families really like, like her family didn't like like me that much. I think they oh, thought really? they thought I was okay. You know, but, <laughs> but basically, I was about to be out of a job. I, oh, I wasn't going to be I making see. it. You know, I just had this idea. I was going to go to school, mm -hmm. and so her family was like, "Oh, I don't know about this guy." And then my family, my family, you know, all my my mom thinks about is like where you went to college. You know, she's like the typical Asian mom. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You mom. know, she wants someone who went to Harvard or whatever. And my, you know, Amy went to Irvine, which is a good school and everything. But, so, not, yeah. but she wasn't impressed, you know? And so, yeah, you know, that, that's that's kind of how we started. Like, neither, neither yeah. one of our families thought the other one was great. But, you know, we, we just got along. We just, and we yeah. were so, so easy to talk to, to her. And, like, uh, even though we're to totally different. Yeah. Right? It just. But, uh, yeah, it just. Yeah. It's good chemistry. Married. Yeah, man. That's awesome. Um, so, yeah, some good advice. Uh, I think just. You know, looking at it from that perspective, it's like I think a lot of guys like try so hard or whatever, and like they fail, they fail, they fail. I think it's once you like for me, it was like once I stopped putting the pressure on myself, and I just said, "Hey, you know what? Like, like you, you, you had the confidence to be like, well, it can't be me. <laughs> it can't be me, right? I, I mean, you know, you gotta have a level of confidence, right? And that, then, that was just his blindness, yeah, really, yeah." Uh, yeah. yeah. So then, you know, and then just, just being real, you know, I think that honest conversations and stuff like that. Jeff, Jeff actually talked about the scientific reasoning of, of how um, you could, you know, something like that could happen is he spoke about familiar, familiarity, that the more neural connections you make with somebody that are positive, uh -huh. the more likely you are to fall in love or, or like that person and things like that, which is why, like, we were talking about, like, Tinder and things, you know, where it's just not based on any neural connections it's strictly um your your what is that part of your brain that the lizard part which is oh, like you know just like woo beautiful yeah. i want yeah. you know so um typically things like that don't really last you know a lifetime but he talked about the the creating these neural pathways and and making positive connections um whenever you see this person um, or anything that reminds you of them. So that was interesting, like talking about that. But um, yeah, this is, you know, this is like this is like a jujitsu life and love podcast. Right? <laughs> like, all things are covered. So, um, but yeah, thank you for sharing that. I think the the next thing I want to get into is your fatherhood, right? Like you are. I think you're such an awesome dad. Like I, you know, nice. I just this is amazing. Just your your daughter Haley is like. A big, I mean, she's she's probably, I mean, I'm thinking she's gonna hit the Olympics one day, but she's a, she's a gymnast, correct? Yeah, yeah. Um, and she's been doing a lot of competitions and winning, like kicking some butt out there. Um, I think you you've attributed a lot of your wife to that success, yeah. um, and then Ella, who's just an animal, um, she's about to go to college, and 
uh, very intelligent girl, very funny girl, very tough girl. Uh, I feel like you've prepared her for the world. You know, she she's ready. If somebody tries to mess with her, she's ready to <laughs> knock them out. Like, you know, but then she's also ready to, you know, tackle on any things that come along her way. You, you can just tell that by her character. Um, I think the first person, I mean, the first thing I want to get into is what do you think are the, what is the most important thing when it comes to like raising children right, you know? So I, I think the two most important things are uncondition, unconditional love and structure. Mm. I, I think those are the only things that, that you can uh, really, really give your kids. Yeah. Uh, so, um, you know, I, I, I think I'm a lot more affectionate than like kind of my, the generation before. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like I, I've always kind of wanted that, you know, um, uh, for my for my kids and so you know I make it a point that you know I, I hug and kiss my my girls all the time yep. I try to you know give them a kiss before I leave and and uh, you know I tell them I love them all the time and so I, you know I try to be very affectionate with them and uh, um, you know as far as structure you know we just put them into we just we just try to help them find what they want and mm -hmm. my wife has been really you know with Ella she she her her like uh, interests like really align with mine so it's really it's been easy for she's that. a little you <laughs> in a lot of ways like uh, yeah and then so so she always liked she always loved music she always loved uh martial arts and so yeah. she kind of went along with me and so that part was easy but with Haley it wasn't it wasn't as easy mm -hmm. because you know, we took her to Taekwondo. She, she has no, she has no interest, no yeah. interest. And like, she's more girly, girly. Yeah, if we left her there, like she wouldn't, she it wouldn't have been good. But you know, my wife is really good about like like checking things out and mm -hmm. check take. So she took her out to like dance and all sorts of different things, and like she took her to gymnastics. And you know, funny thing is, looking back, Haley would always love the monkey bar. She always wanted to go huh. to the playground wow. play on the monkey bars. You know, I never thought anything of it, but like, <laughs> but then Amy took her and like checked her out gymnastics, and you know Haley's yeah. gymnastics thing. Like, you know, there's different, like even branches in gymnastics. There's the like the really competitive. Mm -hmm. I think it's called the IGC, and then there's a more the non-competitive. Mm -hmm. And she started out. She started older. You know, uh, like a lot of girls start out when they're super like, young, yeah. super young, three and four. Like she, I, I forget, but she she was like I don't know. I want to say eight or something like that. Um, and she started in the non-competitive branch, but she got really good and she got better. And then, and then she switched to the other branch. And I remember some of her coaches, even at that point were skeptical. And they, I remember one of them told her, you're not that good. Wow. You know, but she, she wanted it and she got, and, and I tell you, Haley, I always knew that Ella was like this. Ella was, <laughs> she's always been like a really kind of like really like bubbly kind of tough little kid yeah 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 but Haley was always kind of the really girly girl mm -hmm. and i don't know if you know this about Haley, but uh Haley was born with a heart defect and oh so wow i didn't know that when she was about four years old and she's always been really small and 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 she she had open heart surgery at uh at, at chop wow so after that i think you know I, you know, maybe that after she had that fix, maybe she had a little more energy and maybe, you know, but, but anyway, my point is that, that my wife and I never had that expectation for Haley. We just thought she was our cute little Haley. You know, we, <laughs> she, we always called her baby Haley and all of a sudden she started like getting really good at gymnastics and she's like, she, she, she kind of amazes me. She's so driven and yeah. she, 
she she we don't tell her to go. She, she just wants, wants to go. go yeah. And if I wanted to punish her, I'd say I'm not going to let you go to gymnastics oh. today. Like, and that'd be a big thing. There were, one time I grounded her, and I didn't let her go for a few days, and oh she was gosh. really like upset. But she got better and better and better, and she's like very competitive too. She's like my wife. <laughs> she loves the competition. She she it doesn't really bother her, and like wow. And so she she got higher and higher, and she was like, competed at level nine this year. I don't know what that is. <laughs> so so it goes it goes from I think level one up to ten. Right? Oh okay. And then once you get to ten, then you're like some kind of elite, and you go to like all over the country. And those are the kids wow. who are Olympic hopefuls. And so and she's working towards she's, that. She's at nine, and and she may she probably will go to ten later. That's this incredible. Year, so wow. so she, she's probably a little old for the Olympics, to be honest, but. Just, just to get to that point, I mean, I, I think it's amazing, and I, I tell her that all the time. Like, <laughs> you know, and she's she she's so competitive and like wants to be to be good at things. And wow. like, I tell you, she something that amazed me is like she like at level eight and level nine, she won the state. Like, uh, she used to be really good at the uneven bar, and mm-hmm. she won the state tournament. Like that event in the state tournament, like I think two or three years in a row. Wow. And this year at regionals, she won the, she won the uneven. So that's regionals is like where you have like three or four states, like New Jersey, New York, mm-hmm. like Virginia. And she won this event. That's you know? incredible. But she was pissed off because she didn't get to nationals. And I'm <laughs> like, man, you really are a little tiger mom, you know, yeah. like, so anyway, she, like her athletic career, like. She's by far the most accomplished athlete in our family. <laughs> yeah. You know, and like, it's just a complete surprise to me. Wow. And, um, I, I still, I, I still think it's amazing. And it's, it's all due to her and my wife finding it and taking her and like, Amy like dri- drives her and takes her to competitions. All I do is pay. Like, <laughs> that's my whole deal. And that's all, that's all I've ever done in her gymnastics. It's all, it's all Haley. It's all, hey, it's, it's all an investment. Amy. But, uh. Yeah, we'll see. I, you know, it just in and of itself, I think, I think it's a it's a great accomplishment for her, and like it's made her, it's given her so much confidence. I think I just think sports are so good for the kids, yeah. and mm-hmm. uh, and honestly, like in terms of pushing our kids and stuff, it's it's all my wife. I, I tell you, it's all my wife, and I tell you, it, my my job uh, as a cancer doctor, having seen kids with cancer, and like what they go through in their families, it's made me like even softer. Like I honestly, what I tell my girls these days is, is it'll be, it'll be kind of surprising, but I tell my girls, you only owe me one thing. Like you owe your dad one thing. And that one thing is to never die before me. Mm. That is the one thing yeah, you yeah, can't yeah. do. I can't, I can't handle it. Yeah. Wow. Right. Mm-hmm. Whatever you do, I don't really, and I tell them, <laughs> I don't care what your job is. I don't care what your finances are, whatever. You just you just Don't, cannot yeah. die before me and mm. and but I think with that it carries a lot of things. You, I mean I think it, it means that you can't make stupid choices. You can't hang out with dangerous people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't put yourself in stupid dangerous situations. Mm-hmm. So that that that's what I tell my girls. Wow. Know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> actually, my next question was, what would you define uh, having a successful child? Um, I guess you answered it. You know, just. Staying to stay alive. <laughs> That's the most basic thing yeah. to, to me. To me, like the, uh, the 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 saddest thing in the world is when uh, like a uh, uh, you lose a child. Like mm. you know, it's just not the natural order of things. It's like yeah. uh, it's the saddest thing in the world. Wow. You know. Yeah. 
so the two things that you treasure is uh, for for raising children is unconditional love. I, I, uh, what was the second thing again? Um, instruction. Instruction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so the so I guess for the parents out there that are struggling with their kids and you know like ah what what do I do? Maybe it's you know maybe yeah maybe you got to show more unconditional love at home. Maybe you need to put some a little more structure in their life. You know. Um, yeah, structure structure is like uh, is is you know sports. I think is a really good part of structure. I think it's great to have, you know. And and my girls understand understand that like to me safety is like is paramount. So there are certain things I just don't I just don't allow, I just won't allow you know. And yeah. Like like I don't like them being out late you know because it just makes me nervous. You know? Well, yeah, I mean you know you don't know what's going on. Yeah. You know it's it's. Most of the time, it's not even your own kids. It's the, the stupid decisions of other people, other people that, yeah. you know, affect, um, you know, your your own children. And, you know, it's unfortunate, you know, that, that we have to be so careful these days. But that's just the reality um, now, you know, yeah. unfortunately. Um, so we, we're closing up um, with this episode. And... I pretty much have two more things. Um, so number one is you do a lot, right? You're, you're a doctor, family man. Uh, you have your own um, hobbies that you do. And then, you know, you're a martial artist. So in order to fit all these things into, you know, your schedule, how do you do it? Like, how do you stay uh, the high level, you know, um, what's the word just like performer <laughs> you know you have you have to perform at your job obviously and then you and then you you perform at the gym and then you got to be you know a present husband and father um like how do you do it is there like a maybe do you you know maybe as a coffee thing as something you do a lot uh drink a lot or supplement you take uh, something that helps you i guess in a practical sense boost you uh, when you are struggling, or is it just pure sheer will? <laughs> like, well, um, I think that the exercise really helps my energy. To, to be mm -hmm. honest, like, uh, like I, I really like this. The exercise that we do yeah. at the gym is like pretty, pretty intense. Mm -hmm. Like, like Saturdays we'll go to yep. you know we'll sometimes we'll go kickbox, then we'll go to yeah, wrestling, wrestling, and then we'll yeah, do, you do it all day. Yeah, like so. Like to be honest, like the the stuff physically during the day is is like. You know, it's mental. It helps, it's mental, yeah. right? But physically, it's it's pretty easy. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Uh, especially if you exercise. You know, yeah. and I think that that really helps a lot. But like fitting things in, like I'm I'm a very like like kind of structured type of guy. Mm -hmm. So, and I I think it's really it's really good to integrate things into like bring parts of your family into your hobbies. Like that's mm -hmm. why yeah. I really I you know like my I got two teenage girls, right? And so like. I want to spend time with them, you know, and so it's hard when because teenagers don't want to spend, you know, hang out with their dad most <laughs> of the time. So, so for me, you know, going to the gym with Ella is like a really nice opportunity, right? Yeah, like, I spend I spend like hour, you know a few hours with her usually on Saturday. Maybe I spend a couple hours with her on on Tuesday when we go. And after we go to the gym, we always go out to eat, you know. Mm, so yeah. we, right after we go up to those those North Brunswick mm -hmm. shops and we get some, you know, Chipotle yeah. or whatever. And things like that, and then 
like there are certain things I do with my wife. Like we have Friday night, date night. Yeah, that's your date night. Yeah. Right, and we're we're like very strict about that. You know, like <laughs> we don't alone. we don't miss it. we don't miss it. Like even it, like even if I, sometimes I have to work late. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes I there have been times I haven't got home till eight on Friday or nine. But even so, we still Must go out. A, yeah. Like, and we'll go out someplace that stays up late, like like American on a diner or someplace. <laughs> you know, have a cocktail and yeah. have something to dr something to drink, and that's know, really nice. And so I, I I just try to build build that in. So it's you know I, that that's the only I guess yeah. advice I have. It's structure, just kind of structure, make make it automatic. You yeah, know? structure and exercise. Um, what about sleep? How, how, that's something that I struggle with. A lot. I, I think I I probably have sleep apnea. I'm trying to like I'm trying to like get uh, a study done, but um, in terms of sleep, like how do you? sleep like the eight hours a day six hours a day are you like one of those type a personalities i can sleep four hours and you're ready out the door like i i probably get uh between six to eight hours oh you do night. okay yeah yeah and you're very disciplined with your i sleep. get i get a decent amount of sleep yeah, yeah. that's good to know oh, um, that that's 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 my Haley right now oh. <laughs> so she's she's she Haley Haley is like a little ball of energy and so she she cooks like and so she she cooks oh. she cooks something for dinner. She's, <laughs> she's, always, like, she's always gotta do something. Yeah. So she's like <laughs> That's funny. So she's like calling me about dinner, I think. <laughs> well, we're at our last question anyway, so <clears throat> um you know, you can go home and get get a nice dinner with your daughter and family. Um my my question that I have for everyone before I close it out is I, I'm always interested in knowing a special quirk <laughs> about uh, whoever I'm interviewing. And everybody's pretty much has surprised me. Uh, well, Ron, not so much because I already knew. But um, outside of Ron, like, I was like, what? Like, like Jeff, <laughs> he told me he was really into D&D, D &D, Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I, I, I could kind of see well, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I could, could kind of see that. But then, like, he told me Steve and Dan are really hardcore. Dungeons and oh, really? Yeah, and I was, that's I mean, Steve, I can't imagine Dan a little bit more, but Steve, that, that guy's like a party animal. So, huh. but um, I know you, you. So outside of medicine, you know, and and training and all that kind of stuff, family things. I know one thing that you love to do is play music with. Uh, well, you play guitar, right? Yeah. And then yeah. and then Ella also plays guitar, and yep. you guys sing like on stage at like you know you do open house, and yeah. you guys, I mean, like you guys aren't like oh yeah they they just sing and they no you guys are really good like you guys could probably start a dad father daughter <laughs> band like legit like you know become famous for doing this. Um, no, you guys are very talented. It's like Ella could probably go on one of those singing competitions and win. Like she's. She could be, you know, the next whatever. Um, so I know you do that. Is there anything else that is like in there that's, you know, something that not many people know about? That's that. So so I'll tell you something funny about that is, uh, you know, the reason why I, I like to sing is because when we came when we came to the U.S. Right, <clears throat> I remember what I remember is that 
is that I love Elvis Presley. Oh wow! So my dad, my dad got like Elvis Presley greatest hits on eight yeah. track tape. I must have listened to that thing a thousand times. Wow! Because uh, it just connected. I just I, yeah, he got Elvis Presley and Johnny Mathis and the Carpenters, and like I just loved Elvis Presley, and like I listened to that so much, and now I. That's the one. That's the one guy that whatever song like I can sing. That's I. Wow. I, can, I got the same kind of range. So you not, can, not that I'm not that I'm you know. No, I, so but, what you're telling me is you could be uh, Elvis impersonator <laughs> and like do that. Yeah, I could, and, go, I could go to Vegas. <laughs> yeah, you could go to Vegas and like earn a little money doing that on the side. Uh, the Korean uh, Elvis Presley. Yeah, that would yeah. be funny, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just for yeah, I mean, I, you probably could do it well. I I I, I love Elvis. I yeah. love Elvis. And wow. Like, some of the songs that like. You know, everything's repetition, right? Now, li I've listened to some of his songs, like, literally thousands and thousands mm -hmm. of times. So, uh, that that's that's kind of where I, I, I want... I, and I would just sing along to Elvis. And so, yeah. that's where I, I think I got the desire to, like, you know, play music. And That and, is awesome. Yeah, it's from this this Elvis Presley's Greatest Hits. Yeah. Right? Yeah. This uh, fascination with Elvis. I'm going to have to put Elvis on the next time uh, we roll. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to get booed. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah this was uh this was such a fun episode and uh yeah and and very meaningful to me um i actually reading this letter as i was reading i was like oh man i'm getting chills just thinking about it because like i it's so funny i store uh, over the years like i've stored all the gems that people have shared with me like little quotes that where they would just be talking and i'm like well, that's pretty deep. I need to write this down. I would write it down and just put it on my computer. But, you know, this was like a, an actual, you know, email, letter. And it this was the one, like, big thing that, like, legit changed my life. Yeah. Like, not even, you know, like, you know, hyping it up. Like, this really changed my perspective in, in a lot of ways. Um, you know, so I, I hope it helps, you know, whoever is watching this um, you know, and, and thank you so much, you know, for, for doing the episode and saving the lives that you save and doing everything that you do, man. I, I'm, I'm, you know, so glad that you're a part of my life. So, uh, thank you and, uh, get, get home to, uh, your dinner. Yeah. Hey, and I want to say that, um, you know, the reason why I, I like the gym is Brian's such a nice guy yeah. and just a genuinely nice guy. Like, like. I, I trust him with my family, like my my you know Ella and hanging hangs mm -hmm. out and and uh, and there's just a lot of good guys and you you're one you're like one of the best like wow, when thank I you. when I <laughs> when I was there like you know you know how you can tell if someone's a good person like is one if if you need help right people who help people who are not going to benefit them mm. right and when I was just a white belt and had no idea what I was doing. Like you were probably the guy who helped me the most, wow. right? At that point, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, because it's it's kind of a pain you know, a lot <laughs> of times, right? It is, yeah. Like yeah, you're yeah. not getting anything out uh -huh. of it, right? Uh, <laughs> you're not having any fun rolling with them, and you yeah. probably talk, tell people this a hundred times, but but you you helped me out a lot, and you taught me a lot of stuff. Wow. And uh, so uh, you you know you, it's guys like you that are a big reason why I think the gym is successful, mm. you know, and why people like going there. So. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, that means a lot. I, I, I don't even think about that, <laughs> but uh, I really appreciate it. So, yeah, uh, that's episode seven. And right. uh, thank you, son. Have All a good right. night. <laughs> Get home safe. Thanks.
Yeah. <laughs>